All right, let's pause for just a second here and say a prayer. God of power and mercy, protect us from all harm. Give us freedom of spirit and health and mind and body to do your work on earth. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right. So, baskets, which are out there. St. Matthew's Soup Kitchen in the city. That's who we're sending the money to today. What else? Um, If you didn't hear it in church or you didn't see it in Life Together, the catechumenate is starting up first Saturday in December. And I I mentioned this in the announcements beforehand, and I want to emphasize it, uh, that... New members, old members, recently become members. Everybody's welcome to come. It's really, uh, it's really nice when, when folks who are uh, you know, uh, more familiar with St. John come along because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a community that forms, and if there's only new people, then they only have that sort of reference point. Uh, but it's, it's also it's just a fun time. It's great to get to know the new folks. And, um, and it's a great chance I, to hear Pastor Bruzek teach. It's a little bit different every year. I've been... Two times now, at once as a vicar, you know, when I was just soaking everything in. And then last year, I was, I was a little bit more critical, but uh, he was, you know, it was very good. Um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he improves on uh, the, the wisdom that he draws from every time, and so it's fantastic. Uh, fantastic opportunity. If you haven't heard him teach the catechumen in a while, you might want to go back and, and hear him teach it um, again. It's really worth your time. So December 5th, mark your calendars. You don't have to come every time. Uh, you can come just now and again. Um, what else? Let's see. Christmas sharing. Um, full swing. There's a schedule now for tasks that need to be done. Um, so sign up. Make sure that uh, you, you can help out with that. Marianne. Dece- uh, December 5th. Saturday, December 5th is when that starts. Okay. 8.30. 8.30 in the morning. Bagels. Hopefully the vicar gets the right ones. That's the key. Um, it'll be good. Um, th- by that I mean cinnamon crunch bagels. So, okay. Um, any questions before we begin? What are your questions? I haven't seen you in, all, in a while, and you've covered a lot of material since I last saw you. So, um, where did you leave off? It was Genesis 22, right? The sacrifice of Isaac. Is that right? That's where you left off? Okay. Um, so now, just for the sake of sort of refreshing, refreshing memories, what uh, what kind of conclusions do you do you draw from Genesis 22, from the sacrifice of Isaac? What did you learn, or did you come away with more questions than you than you came into it with? Which is which is likely, probable. What's the what's the the sort of the if you were going to summarize that story, how would you do it? Okay. All right. Good. And uh, he provides, uh, in that case, um, sort of against all hope, right? Raising, as, Hebrew, as the writer of the Hebrews says, ra- even raising Isaac from the dead, right? He provides um, against all hope. Now, the, the, what's at stake in the story of, of the sacrifice of Isaac is, of course, the promise that's given to Abraham, right? Um, there's really sort of two promises that are given to Abraham in you, you, your offspring will number more than, more than all the stars in the sky, and in you all the nations will be blessed. And also you will inherit this promised land. And so Abraham gets up and leaves his country, and then he has this child, and everything's sort of on the, on the edge. Now, that's thematic for the rest of what comes in Genesis. Um, that the promise 
that's given to Abraham is always sort of in jeopardy. Um, that's, and, and in fact, that's sort of true uh, throughout the whole Old Testament. And the reason is um, not because of God's unfaithfulness, but because of the sort of wiles and uh, deceitfulness of the, his human means for, for fulfilling that promise, for carrying out that promise. So we see that today. Hopefully you all have a handout in front of you. I was trying to decide uh, what the best way to do this. I was going to just give you um, all of my notes, but they were been an unintelligible. So I gave you just a few of them, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, sort through it. But before we get to um, this story, which is Jacob and Esau, you know that story pretty well, I suspect. It's the story of Jacob stealing Esau's blessing. Before we get to that story, we have to back up a little bit and um, find our context. So we just had, in Genesis 22, the sacrifice of Isaac. Okay? What, uh, just from your memory, what stories come in between that and Jacob and Esau, uh, uh, Jacob stealing Esau's blessing? Comes later. What's that? Isaac's marriage. To whom? Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca. Now, that's a really interesting story, and we have to talk about that for just a second. Isaac and Rebecca. Um, this is interesting because uh, Abraham is, uh, the, the very last words of Abraham in the Bible concern Isaac and his wife. Do you remember how this story goes? Isaac, or Abraham says to his servant, you have to go and take a wife for my son Isaac from among my family, Right? You have to go to my family and take his wife from there because he can't marry one of these people, right? One of, one of these people that don't worship the Lord our God. Um, and he says to, uh, he, he, it's, this, it's this interesting scene um, where the servant is sort of skeptical. He says, well, okay, so I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show up. and They don't know who I am. Maybe they remember who you are. Um, and I'm going to ask some young lady to come with me and marry some man she hasn't met, and this is, they're going to be okay with this? And, and Abraham says, his, his, the, the last thing he says is, um, it's, it's going to work out. Um, don't worry about it, he says. But whatever you do, whatever you do, don't take Isaac back there. Okay? Now, why do you suppose um, Abraham was so insistent on that? Right, yeah, and what was the content of the promise? That they were going to go to a new land. They had to leave that place, right? Um, and, and so even at the risk of, so, so what's at stake here? If nobody, if, if I, uh, the servant doesn't find a wife for Isaac, um, then he doesn't get married, he doesn't have any kids, the promise, the promise is destroyed, right? So Abraham, even in the face of, um, even in the face of that challenge, right, says, no, we're going to hold fast to what God has promised. We're going to do, we're going to, we're going to act as though God's promises are going to come true, right? That we're going to go inherit this land. Isaac can't go back there, and he needs a wife from there, so this is the way it's got to work out, right? And then, of course, the story unfolds. Um, the servant asks God for a sign. Rebecca comes and offers him some water, and, uh, and she's uh, happy to go with Happy to go with him. Um, he, the servant tells the story about Abraham, how he's gotten all this wealth, and he's a respected, respected man. And she's ready to go, so she, she goes. Um, and she, the, there's this uh, the one sort of romantic scene in, uh, in Genesis. She's, she's riding along, and she sees Isaac in the field, and he's out there uh, meditating, in, according to the ESV. And uh, um, he, he looks up and sees her, but he can't quite make, who, make out who it is. It's a bunch of camels. And she looks over, and she sees him, 
And uh, she says, who is that man? And um, she didn't, probably didn't say it like that. But uh, uh, that's how I read it. And, uh, um, and, and uh, she covers her face with a veil, which is interesting because um, unmarried women didn't, weren't, didn't have veiled faces. But she, at that point, was saying, uh, you know, assenting to this marriage, right? Um, okay, that's a lot by way of background. Isaac and Rebecca. But the important thing is, um, and bear this in mind as we get to the, today's story, Abraham was, was utterly concerned with um, uh, holding to God's promises. I mean, he had, had had one of the most vivid experiences of God coming through, right? God fulfilling his promises even in the face of, you know, what God seeming to uh, destroy his promises. So, of course, he's got, he's got this, uh, this background, but um, bear that in mind as we go forward. Okay, so Isaac marries Rebekah. What else? What, do you, what else do you remember? Abraham, actually, Abraham, uh, he, does, he does die um, a little bit later, um, but he's around, for, he's, he's around at an interesting point. So I'm going to put that down. We don't hear from him again. He, he dies after Jacob and Esau are born. Okay? All right? Uh, what else? Okay. Now, we have to take a look at this. So open up your Bibles. This is not on the handout. Open up your Bibles to Genesis 25. Okay, so so uh, as soon as uh, as soon as these chapters show up, as soon as chapters we get to 27 when Jacob is, or right here, sorry, 25 when Jacob is born. Jacob is sort of the dominant character in the story. Jacob and his family, later Joseph, uh, Jacob and Joseph. Isaac's really not so important um, at this point, but. Uh, we see in chapter 25 um, sort of foreshadowing of what's going to happen here. Um, so take a look first at the birth story of Jacob and Esau. This starts in verse 19. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Uh, so this is thematic. Um, again, throughout, the, throughout Scripture, another obstacle to the fulfillment of, of God's promise, right? S- who else was barren? S- Sarah? Hannah. Hannah? Who else? Elizabeth? Mary was a virgin. Rachel, um, one of Jacob's wives, was, uh, was barren until, uh, until, until she wasn't any longer, right? Um, and now, of course, the line, the promise goes through Leah, um, there's other obstacles there. We'll talk about those in a minute, or maybe next time, or the time after that. Um, so, okay, so uh, Isaac prays to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled with, together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? I'm not sure what that means. Um, it, maybe it's like, if, if God has given me this promise, fulfilled this promise to me, if God has granted me this blessing, why is this such a struggle? Right? Why, why is this so difficult? So she went to inquire of the Lord. She asked God why, why the children were struggling within her. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And this is, uh, this is crucial for understanding everything that follows in, Jacob, in the, story, the story of Jacob and Esau. Um, the older will serve the younger, which uh, inverts the, the normal order of everything 
um, in, the, in the way the world worked, right? The older had the birthright, the, the firstborn had the rights to inheritance, uh, and received the, best, received the best blessing from his father. Um, interest, this is an, just an interesting side note. Um, I was chatting with a friend this week about, uh, about this story, and he said he, he wondered, you know, how, how, could, um, how did Rebecca get this word from the Lord? She went to inquire of the Lord, which is kind of a strange, um, strange turn of phrase. It's used again when Moses is leading the people of Israel, and it says the people went to Moses to inquire of the Lord. So it kind of sounds like she went to somebody to inquire of the Lord. And the question is, who? Who did she, who did she inquire of the Lord of? Abraham is still around, so maybe it was Abraham. This is mind-blowing. Luther, Martin Luther says in his commentary that maybe it was Shem, the son, the son of Noah, who, you'd never believe it, is still around at this time, 530 years old. Um, anyway, that's just neither here nor there. Um, so, the older will serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, and behold, there were twins in her womb, the first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob, which you know, can be translated as clutching the heel. Uh, Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. This is, again, another crucial, another crucial point. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, while Rebekah loved Jacob. We see that play out dramatically in the, in the story that, that we read today. Okay, but then uh, back to what David said, Esau selling his birthright. So there's this, there's this uh, foreshadowing episode uh, that takes place. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. And interestingly, um, the, the way it's written in Hebrew is um, sort of di- gives this picture of Esau as being just um, really rough cut. And, uh, and moreover, ex- completely exhausted. So he says, basically, let me have some of that red, red stuff that you've got right there. Which is why uh, later his offspring were called the Edomites. Because red, Adom, uh, is, is uh, the, the word for, for um, Edom. Jacob said to me, craftily, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay, so um, just with that, that in, the, in the background, what do you think about the characters so far? What, uh, what's your impression of the people that we're dealing with, Jacob and Esau? Okay, they don't like each other. Um, their relationship is just sort of defined by conflict. Okay, what else? Who do you like better? Okay, good. That's great. So, uh, and you will continue not to like either of them. Um, and I think that that's, uh, if I was going to um, summarize this patriarchal history, um, it, it, one of the ways I would say it, although I'm going to contradict myself later, um, one of the ways I would say it is there are no heroes, okay? There are no good guys. Um, everybody gets it wrong. Um, and they get it wrong really badly too, okay? So um, we know from the promise that Jacob 
is he's the younger one. Esau's the older one. Jacob is going to inherit um, the, the birthright, but he gets it by he gets it sort of by his own. He he snatches it before it's rightfully his, right? Which is uh, reminiscent of all the other times in the Bible that uh, somebody snatches something that isn't rightfully theirs. Garden of Eden, right? Snatching the fruit. Um, Abraham and Haggai, right? Having a child when it wasn't when it wasn't uh, the right time, right? Not with his wife, Marianne. Edom, another name by which Esau went, means red. Uh, Adam means earth. Yes, the vowels are slightly different. You have to, yeah, be precise in the pronunciation, right? So Adom versus Adam. You would, I don't know. I read somewhere that Adam, Adam is red or something like hmm. Adam. But I thought, well, this is God's <laughs> well, in this case, it's not. He, uh, it's, it's not his favorite color. Okay, um, anything else? Any questions? Are you following so far? Okay, let's get, to the, let's get to the story at hand. There's not much else that happens in between. We get this sort of interlude. Oh, this, <laughs> I always find this really entertaining. Um, you know, twice Abraham took his wife Sarah and said to somebody, she's not my wife, right? Pharaoh and Abimelech. Well, Isaac comes along in chapter 26, and he says to Abimelech, Rebecca, she's not my wife. As though it was like, well, I know it didn't work for Dad, but maybe it'll work for, maybe it'll work for me, right? Um, it, it, it didn't work. Uh, there was the, it, it, things turned out poorly, and he found out that he shouldn't have done that. Um, then we get to chapter 27, which actually, and the, the section really begins at the very end of chapter 26, verses 34 and 35. Now we're on your handout. Go ahead and turn to that. And I think the best way to do this is um, for me first to read it all the way through. You've got to hear it as a unit. Um, and then afterwards, we'll go back and sort of parse it out a little bit, do a, do a little bit closer uh, reading. Now, um, as I'm reading it, the question you ought to ask yourself is, uh, what, are, what, what's, what are strange or unusual things that happen in this story? What things bother you? Um, what things stand out to you? Okay? And then tell me afterwards. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Biri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basamat, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt for game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be upon me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. 
Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? I read that wrong. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father and he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me, and I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers, and I have given, him, given to him for servants, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered him and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older brother, were told to Rebekah, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. What should I, why should I be bereft of both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. 
If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram, to Laban the son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take a wife there, and that as he blessed him, he directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padan Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. Okay, that took longer than I was expecting it to take. Um, but what are your impressions? What struck you as strange or odd or unusual or um, unfortunate, Tom? Well, if Isaac or if Esau already gave away his birthright, then why was he angry? Yeah, he, you're right. So, um, so Esau should have known this was coming, right? Should have known that, uh, that, that he had given up his claim to this blessing. But why, uh, on the other hand, why does he expect to receive a blessing? Yeah, because I, he was Isaac's favorite, right? Yeah. Um, so, so right away at the beginning, there's a couple of things that sort of set the stage. You, you see on, on, in, the, in the margin, um, this, is, this section is divided up into scenes. As often is the case in the Old Testament, the scenes contain dialogue between two characters, two characters only. Um, and so the first First, we have this sort of prelude about Esau's wives. Esau is already set up for failure because he's married these Hittite women, right? And then we get a bookend at the end about Esau trying to solve that problem by marrying some more women. And uh, it's, it, it's too late, right? Too, too little, too late. Um, but the first scene is Isaac and Esau. And in this first scene, what are Isaac and Esau really doing? What, what's, what's, uh, what's going on there? Yeah. It's, it's, okay, so... Um, as you see in the other margin, this is a deathbed scene. There, these happen frequently in the Bible. Can you think of other uh, deathbed scenes that occur in the Bible? Jacob? Yes, Jacob when he blesses his sons. All of them, right? So Isaac has plans only to bless Esau. In fact, notice the language that's used there. He says uh, in verse 2, Behold, I am old, I don't know the day of my death. I don't know when I'm going to die. It's not like he was going to die imminently, but he thought to himself, it could be any time, so I better take care of this right now. I'm going to bless Esau because I love him. So Isaac and Esau are conspiring. And if you look at the way these scenes are arranged and the way the characters are arranged, there is a, there is a rift in the family, a huge division. So Isaac and Rebekah don't talk to each other until near the very end when Rebecca manipulates Isaac um, in verse 46 to get him to, to, to uh, convince Jacob to leave. Okay? So in this first scene, um, Isaac and Esau are, are, are sort of setting up to have the blessing be given to Isaac. What else? Anything else? Why didn't he just say, well, 
Get out of here. That's, that's right. Yeah. Forget about it, right? That's exactly right. So, um, and this is, uh, this is central to the story. So, um, the word blessing appears seven times in this text. And it, and it in some ways corresponds to the seven scenes that are in the text. Um, blessing is all important, right? Blessing is what's at stake. And blessing is not simply, simply, simply something that you say, right? It's effective. It does what it says. So when Isaac says to Jacob, um, you, your, your brothers will serve you, right? Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. He can't then go and say to Esau the opposite of that, right? It's been, it's been done. He did it. Um, which is why if you look at uh, the blessing that he gives to Isaac, he doesn't take away, or blessing he gives to Esau, he doesn't take away everything from Esau. Verse 39 Look, he says, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of the heaven on high. By your sword you shall live. Okay, so, he's, so it's, not, it's not that he's taken everything away from him, um, just, just sort of the premier blessing. But by your sword you shall live. Okay, you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. So he has to, he has to be consistent with the blessing that he gives to Jacob. Okay, what else? Anything else stand out to you? Yeah. Boy, and that's a big question, whether or not Isaac told Rebecca. So, um, so Luther, uh, when he writes about this, is really kind of charitable to Isaac and Rebecca. I am less so. I think that, I think that there's a real problem in their relationship here. Um, the, uh, so Luther says it was a simple misunderstanding. It was a simple miscommunication. They weren't sure which one was really oldest. They both, they both thought the older had, because Jacob had pulled on his heel, Jacob was supposed to come out first, and so Esau was supposed to get the blessing. So Luther says, um, you know, they both knew that the promise was uh, there, and they both were trying to do the right thing. Um, based on the way the story is structured, it seems like they're not really talking to each other, right? Um, and so it seems like Isaac uh, thinks he's doing uh, what's, what's right, um, that he maybe he doesn't know about the promise that's given to Rebecca, but nonetheless, he's still going to sort of disenfranchise Jacob. He doesn't have a blessing reserved for him. Notice when Esau comes, he says, uh, when Esau finally shows up, he says, don't you have a blessing also for me? As in, wouldn't, don't you, wouldn't you planning on blessing both of your sons? And Esau, Isaac evidently wasn't. He had, he had this favorite, right? Isaac's, Isaac, um, not a great guy at this point in, in his life, Okay. What? It was abandoned, What's that? It was yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. What else? Anything else stand out to you? Uh, well, I, I just had to think, why didn't uh, the father, you know, sort of discern? You know, if somebody came to me, you know, I'm not, you know, criticizing God's word, but if somebody came to me with, with the voice of one and the hey. Yeah. So that's exactly right. And in fact, Isaac says something's wrong here, right? But notice the suspense. It's hard to it's hard to really convey when I'm I was reading it quickly, right? Um, so we know Isaac has his eyes are dim. Um, Rebecca does all of these things to make sure that Jacob appears to be Esau, right? She puts hair on his arms and he, he wears Isaac or Esau's garments. Um, what's Esau or Jacob's? I can get their names confused all morning. What's Jacob's number one concern? What's he? What's he most concerned about here? Being found out, 
right? He's not concerned about whether or not they should actually be doing this in the first place. He's concerned about whether or not he's going to be found out. Karen? Well, I find it interesting um, because he almost was. Um, mm-hmm. as, as a blind person, That's right. So, so, so follow along here. Listen to what happens next then. So he uh, can't see him, um, and he heard his voice, and he said, well, that doesn't sound like my son Esau. Notice how, this, here we are in verse 18. Um, notice this, is, this, this scene here is very suspenseful. The scene between, between Isaac and Jacob. Everything is hanging on this scene. Okay? So uh, Isaac says, who are you, my son? Okay? And Jacob replies, and he says too much. Look at how much he says. If he was kind of trying to fool Isaac, he should have just said, Esau. Okay? But instead he says, he says in, you know, in the Hebrew it's emphatic, he says, I am Esau. Right? I am Esau, your firstborn. Right? So it's, he's overcompensating. I have, done, I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. Right? If he, it was not, not thinking very cleverly there, okay? Um, and, and, and already Isaac is suspicious. How did you find that game so quickly? And the best, the best that Jacob can come up with is, God, God help me out, right? <laughs> Look, the Lord granted me success, right? Okay, so now Jacob comes, uh, Jake, Isaac says to Jacob, Jacob is still suspicious, right? And the, the suspense is mounting. Is he going to find out? Is he going to discover who this really is? Please come near that I may feel you. Right? So, can't see him. The voice is wrong. He says he's Esau. I'm going to feel him. Okay? He felt him and says, the voice is the voice of Jacob. He feels like my son Esau. Now, Jacob knows he's in trouble. So, when, he, when Isaac says, are you really my son Esau? He answers one word. In, two, in English, it's two words. He says, I am. Ani. I'm going to stop using my voice now. Right? Okay? I am. I am Esau. So now he says, bring it near to me that I may eat of my, game, my son's game and bless you. So he also uses his sense of taste, right? Is this actually the food that my son prepares, which is delicious? Rebecca evidently knew the recipe, so it worked. Um, but he's, he's testing it out, right? And the suspense is again, maybe, maybe this isn't the stew. Because what kind of stew does uh, Jacob make? Do you remember from the story of the birthright? Lentil stew, vegetarian stew. What kind of stew does Esau make? Game stew, Okay. So now uh, he eats, and he's convinced. Then his father Isaac said to him, one last test. Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of the earth. So he's got three senses outweighing the one sense, right? And he concludes, it must be my son Esau, okay? And um, up until that point, it's really in the balance. You don't know whether it's going to happen. Now, here's the the interesting question. Um, Who are you rooting for? Um, when, when you hear this story. Are you... Esau. <laughs> right. Esau really kind of gets a bad rap during this whole story. Now, and, and um, we find out a lot about Esau. Esau is a very dynamic character. So you remember when he heard, uh, when he was hungry, he came and he was just sort of grunting, give me that red stuff, right? Um, now he's going to get Isaac's blessing and so he becomes, he becomes uh, more sophisticated and more elegant, right? And when he comes along, he says... He uses this really uh, sort of pristine Hebrew. Before he used terrible Hebrew. Now he uses this pristine Hebrew. Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. 
So uh, it's, it's, it's a very proper request, right? He, he thinks he's got it in the bag. Um, but then Esau, when he finds out he's been duped, he cries out, and then he gets really desperate. Bless me, even me also, O oh my father. And all he can do is break down into tears and then, and then later make this sort of last-ditch effort to marry the right woman, right? So Esau gets the short end of, short end of the stick um, here. You kind of feel bad for Esau. Um, but uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of Isaac and Jacob, um, this is one of the tricky things. Alyssa, did you have something you were going to say? Just, you looked like you were going to raise your hand. I just was going to say that, he, that Jacob, even though he doesn't have that great of a blessing for Esau, he does say, but when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Right. He's not stuck. He's not stuck. Yes, and that, and that comes in the history of nations later, right? The Edomites and the Israelites are two separate nations. Um, and the Edomites, um, they, they, aren't, they don't submit to Israel, right? They, they are restless against Israel. Um, Dave? One of the things that has always struck me in the story, who is that Harry? Go yeah, yep. It's a good question, yeah, and and to be and to be fooled by goatskin, right? No less. So yeah, Marianne. <laughs> So here's, here's one, another way to spin that. I think that you're onto something there. One of the things we learn about Isaac is that he's not as diligent as he should be, right? So even though, even though we know the blessing belongs to Jacob because God said so, Isaac is not diligent um, like his father Abraham was. So when he says to um, uh, Jacob, go and marry not a Canaanite woman, what does he do? He sends Jacob back. To, to the place where they came from, right? And um, uh, Rebecca thinks it's just going to be for a little while. He's there for 20 years, right? Yeah. Right? Um, it's, so Isaac is not as diligent as he should be, and, it's, and, it's, um, and he's sloppy, right? He's going to bless just one of his sons. He's going he's to disenfranchise the other, right? Um, and Esau is sort, of, uh, sort of just falls along the wayside here um, a little bit. He, he, he's taken advantage of. He's weak um, in that he doesn't... He doesn't uh, preserve his birthright. He doesn't value his birthright. Um, but then he doesn't sort of come to terms, come to terms with the reality that's before him, the thing that, the thing that uh, he ought to face. Well, in a way, it kind of backfires on Rebecca then because she thought he was coming back right away. Right. And it backfires on Jacob too, right? So, you, so Jacob stole from, Jacob deceived uh, Isaac and Esau. Um, and then later, who's, I mean, Jacob's deceived by Laban, right? Jacob is deceived by all of his sons who tell him that Joseph is dead, right? In fact, he's deceived. This is ir- ironic. Maybe he, maybe he got the... Well, probably not. But um, that when Joseph's brothers bring back Joseph's coat, it's dipped in the blood of a goat, right? The very same means that, that Jacob had used to deceive his father, Okay. Um, so it comes back on him. That's true. And that's, and that's why, um, really, there are, no, there are no heroes, right? So, but 
what carries through the whole thing is the reality of, of God's blessing, the force of God's blessing is going to be undeterred by uh, even the most foolish, um, obstructive actions of the people that he's promised to give, to give this blessing to. And it also demonstrates, and this is really important for us to remember, as with Noah, um, it demonstrates that the blessing is not because they were good people, right? It was because of God's divine favor, because God chose them. Not because of anything they did, but because God chose them, all right? Um, and, and, and so uh, they mess up horribly all along the way, um, but the promise carries through. Go ahead. It, it was, yeah, right. It was because he had given this promise to Abraham. Now, um, and this is, this is another, another important thing uh, to, to bear in mind. Um, when God makes a promise, he, uh, we, he, he, he entitles us to hold him to that promise. You see this all throughout the Psalms. You saw this when um, Moses interceded for the people of Israel when they were sinning against God. Moses stands up before God and says, Look, you swore to these people that you would be their God, right? Um, and he says to us, you are my child, right? And uh, when God makes this promise, he, again, he entitles us to hold him to that promise. Now, the problem that we see all over the place in Genesis is that people don't believe that, right? So, uh, so Abraham, um, you know, sins with Haggai, having Ishmael, right? Um, then, uh, and then Sarah, of course, has to send away Ishmael um, because because she's interested in preserving the promise for Isaac, kind of like Rebecca does here, right? Rebecca is, is kind of, if, if there was a hero, it would be Rebecca, because she makes sure that what needs to happen is going to happen. Um, uh, she's kind of, the, she's kind of um, well, at the beginning, she's kind of an anti-Sarah, because she's, remember, she hears this conversation between Isaac and Esau, like Sarah hears the conversation between Abraham um, and, and uh, the angels. Um, but then, but then they both work to preserve the promise that it's given to, given to the right person. Okay? Yes? I think it's interesting that God kind of still provides for the mistakes that they made. Like Ishmael was still, right. still blessed and Esau was still provided for. Right. But I think it's also interesting that so, uh, Esau went and married Haggai's, one of Haggai's descendants. Yes, yeah. And... And in that, so that those two nations are always struggling against. Right, right. This day they're still struggling. It's true, absolutely. In fact, so look at that last page I gave you there. This is they they, they ran this uh, this poll in the Atlantic in uh, October, and um, they asked the question, "What what was the most consequential sibling rivalry of all time?" Interestingly, most uh, well many of them, some surprising number of them came straight out of the Bible. So. Um, here on this, they did this poll online, and the results were, number one, Ishmael and Isaac, right? Um, and, it, and it perpetuates when Esau marries one of Ishmael's daughters. Um, Cain and Abel was also on there. Um, Leah and Rachel, Jacob's wives. Um, sibling, sibling rivalries, Joseph and his brothers, right? This is, this is all throughout, uh, the, throughout the Old Testament. But I think that perhaps, perhaps the most consequential one is, is, in fact, this one here, Jacob and Esau. Because uh, it's it's such a struggle um, in which in which uh, the the drama it, uh, puts everything sort of on the edge. 
Um, it's, it, it could go either way at any point. If, if Esau had come into the room, you know, notice what the language says. Um, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting, right? If he'd come in a minute earlier, he would have said, no, that's not, that's not Esau, right? Um, it, so this, this, this uh, rivalry um, is, is really consequential for that reason because it, it sets apart um, God's people. Jacob is later, na- later named Israel when he wrestles with God. We'll talk about that story um, later. He's later renamed Israel because, uh, because it's in his contention it's in his contention, both with God and with men, that God's promise is prevail, it prevails, that God's promise carries through. Yes, Dave. One thing that I, I think about when I regard the story is that if we only take what's told to us in Scripture, um, we might form a very uh, unfavorable judgment mm-hmm. against the family. But what was the rest of humanity like? Okay. Maybe this was the creme de la <laughs> Could have been. It could have been. Or they could have been slimier and more deceitful than everybody else, too. Either right? Way. Either way. Um, which, which, again, highlights the importance of, uh, of God's promise. I mean, that, that is, that's, why, that's, why blessing, that's why blessing is all important here, right? So the blessing is not something that you get because you, you've worked for it, right? The blessing is something that you get in spite of all that you've done. To work against it. All right? Go ahead. When Jesus tells the parable about the prodigal son, do you think he's talking about this story? I don't know. It's, a, it, it's certainly, you know, it, uh, when Jesus tells his parables, one thing that we should always bear in mind is that, that the entire Old Testament is in the background, right? And people knew these stories uh, far better than we know them, right? So there was always a, it was always a reference point. Uh, so it certainly it probably rung some bells when people heard it. Yeah. Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot more we could do here, uh, but we have to wrap it up. So, let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.